0: everybody welcome to episode three of the bamcast that is with brian augustine amanda michaels and michael martin so considering this uh, episode is going to be launching on may the 4th brian may the 4th be with you
1: okay thank you
2: i would just like to say and also with you
0: good it's a sunday too so that works out
2: yeah the
0: 4th is a Monday. 4th is a Monday, but we are recording on a Sunday. A Sunday. Yeah. Absolutely. And it is life for some folks.
2: It definitely is.
0: I will actually be wearing my uh, Anakin outfit tomorrow to work. So, yes, absolutely. I'm, the day job will be, uh, be Jedi-heavy tomorrow. I'm totally
3: digging
1: the passion behind it. I think mockery heavy too, but I could be wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. because I look so damn good in it. How can you mock it? There is no mockery when you look that damn good in okay. your in your robes.
2: In fact, he was actually approached by Playgirl to do their next spread. They're doing a whole Jedi themed issue, and they were like, "Mike, come on, we want to see your lightsaber, Daddy," <laughs> and he happily obliged. <laughs>
1: It's like double A battery involved,
0: or <laughs> a double A battery, some uh, some glow paint, and uh, you know, a black light, strategically placed. No, damn it. What hasn't a
3: black light
1: strategically placed helps out. a man's to live mm-hmm. for real. Nice. How'd
0: that
3: go again?
0: You you can hear it back on the recording. I'm not doing it again. Oh,
2: okay. You practice so well.
0: <laughs> it's been a lot of years of making that sound. You know, I mean, <laughs> 1977 was a long time ago. Well, tomorrow
1: again. will not
0: be mockery heavy. have it. No, not at all. Not at no. all. <laughs> You're
1: rocking that.
2: I expect to see lots of pictures. That's all I'm saying. So if uh, you
3: know,
1: we're obviously we made a thin thinly veiled reference, and with and, and the fourth be with you or whatever it was. And it is a religion to a lot of folks. And uh, didn't, a, didn't a young Jedi just recently uh, a petition? I guess would be the right word. Uh,
2: yes. The uh,
1: Reverend George about uh, some changes in the Jedi law.
2: Yes, an adorable seven-year-old boy named Colin actually took the time to write a letter to George Lucas asking that if he changed the rules for Jedi's because as most of you that follow Star Wars probably already know, but it was news to me because I'm a novice. Um, Jedis can't get married. But this fine young gentleman wants to be a Jedi, and he also wants to be able to get married. Um, so he wrote George Lucas a letter and actually got a response back from George Lucas saying that he would be changing the laws um, so that, you know, Jedis can, in fact... Married, which is totally adorable that a seven-year-old took time to write a letter. Who writes letters anymore? It's super and cute.
0: At seven, already knows he wants to be married.
2: Heck yes.
0: Yeah, and if he would have had better parents, I could have just told him, just choose the Sith way, and you can have whatever you want.
2: Well, and I'm thinking that maybe, though, perhaps his parents went a little heavy on the nerd. Are we... Kind of walking the line to where the kid is such a nerd no. that he's never going to marry?
0: <laughs> wow. Well, you know, maybe that when was, I was a that, kid. That maybe. could have been George's response.
2: Now that I'm Promise me,
1: kid, you're if you're this into it, you're never getting married. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: he's he's now, a come on. A now he got,
1: now, now. But he didn't just get dispensation, did he? He got the rules
3: changed. That's got the, the, the American way. Yep.
0: Exactly. Like I Disney wrote a letter and complained. Yep. until Disney chimes in with, <laughs> don't listen right that guy behind the door and the funny thing is is now that Lucas is no longer really in charge of Star Wars or really has anything to do with it now he is willing to change when he was running the show by God there would be no changes to anything he did everything he did was fine he'll change whatever he wants mm-hmm. but he wouldn't listen to anybody but now oh, I'm not in charge anymore what the hell I mean he's even standing outside Comic Con uh, uh, protesting himself at this point so we've
3: kicked over of the food bucket just now I think uh oh uh oh
0: I'm just saying. Now all of a sudden, the guy's interested in feedback from the fans. Oh. <clears throat> didn't want to hear anything about Jar Jar, but now he's not in charge of the thing. Sure, I'll change it. You guys, the can seven-year-old
1: get was probably very polite.
2: He was very polite. It was cute. It was a short and sweet letter. It shows his handwriting mm-hmm. on the web if you look at it. Um, it was just cute. And I didn't know that George Lucas was that passionate about his whole world that he was not open to any kind of change so. and, the,
1: and the fans are very passionate that this seven-year-old oh, got right. something they never did yeah george's attention
0: well you know uh, the, the funny thing is is you you're saying you know uh you know if uh if he will be the eighth or ninth funny thing involved here oh on. i do that a lot man i noticed that a lot of fun. well there's go lots
3: on.
0: of there's lots of funny but yeah with um you know, you mentioned, uh, you, you know, the kid probably won't have a girl or anything since he's already wanting to be a Jedi. That was a possible outcome. But with the evolution in the world, so, you know, Amanda has Geek Girl News. So, Amanda, mm-hmm. there, there's a little piece of how are we developing small young geeklets for our small young geeks?
2: You know, I looked at a couple things that were pretty interesting. Um, in my random Internet search, I found a lot of websites that are dedicated to... Um, female heroines like DC Bombshells and things like that. I'm personally reading The Sirens of Gotham right now. Um, And I just kind of happened to go on Twitter, which I'm still learning the whole Twitter universe, but I'm looking at Mark Ruffalo's page, um, because obviously I saw Age of Ultron this weekend, and I was just kind of tickled because this chick is going off on an actor lady. He's an actor, not creator, not writer. Now, maybe she knows something I don't. But she's like attacking him personally because there's not enough Black Widow in the movie.
1: And she was reduced
2: to nothing but a love interest. Well, that's like, good. Uh, yeah, it's
1: not Mark Ruffalo. Or wrong tree. Is the Hulk. For sure. And the Hulk fills a lot of that screen when he's on. Yeah, he does. So there's not a lot of everybody else when he's on screen. So. Well, yeah. In a way, it was his fault. He's a
3: big dude.
2: Maybe he was just pushing her out of the line of sight of the camera. So it's a cinematography issue, who you knows? Well just technically, just
0: Brian Technically he's Bruce Banner. <laughs> just saying. He he just plays Bruce Banner. He doesn't actually play the whole
1: In fact he but he does through motion capture. He is performing every one of Hulk's faces. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought <laughs> I like
2: so hilarious. I like how pretending
1: like that's not how he normally
0: Yeah, it uh, Yeah, again. So I've created
1: a character voice for Mr. Piggy <laughs> <laughs> I guess it kind
2: of relates to the whole George Lucas thing, though, because you know I can dig how passionate fans are in wanting to be able to see the characters that they know and love developed in a way that they appreciate. But when you're going off on the actor who, I'm sorry if my assumption is wrong, has zero creative control in a movie, or shut up,
1: doesn't, lady. doesn't doesn't have enough creative control to, to affect this one thing. Right. In, in fact, Ruffalo and a number of the other actors have been championed saying, A, more Black Widow.
3: Heck yes.
1: Ruffalo's been, been quoted in numerous interviews saying, why isn't she getting her own feature? Why can't we buy, we're talking about the girl toys, why can't we buy more Black Widow merchandise?
2: You can buy a couple things on heruniverse.com, not that I'm promoting them, never use them or anything, I just thought it was really cool that they actually had some Black Widow merchandise. Because um, other stores that I usually frequent for my nerdy endeavors usually have like one or two things, if anything at all, for Black Widow. There's,
1: there's almost nothing in the low price point. But yeah. 10 to 12, you know, 10 to 14 year old area.
2: Yeah, there's really not much there Because there.
1: the answer girls. is, so far girls haven't bought a lot of this stuff.
2: Well, yeah, and as a girl, when I go shopping for my nerdy stuff, because, you know, I try to buy chick things, because I'm a chick and I like chicks. Um, for me, it hasn't been too hard because I usually <clears> naturally migrate towards the villains anyway because I like people that are damaged and wanting to just kind of screw with everyone else because well, that's how ch- I roll. I guess that explains us today. You're welcome. Yeah. I know. So so many things have happened today between us, Brian, but we'll talk about that later in my therapy session. <laughs> but there's a lot of villain chicks out there, but there's not a lot of merchandise out there for the female heroines uh, besides like, a sticker or something. like female heroine.
1: I'm really sure that when women buy, right? when they buy heroin, they're buying the same heroin the men's
2: do. Oh, that's right. Just yeah, brown sugar, my baby. Mm-hmm. You know, hero. Black tar. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So, the chicks I'm that sure. kick ass. All I'm saying is, I yeah. want to see more
0: of them. The Keep it th- coming? They had the um, Target commercials. Um, I've noticed. Um, I, and I, I think it might have been on, um, I might have actually saw it before I saw Age of Ultron, or I definitely saw it on Hulu. The animated toy figures? Yeah, they had the animated toy figures. And yeah, no Black Widow, no Hawkeye. No, you know, now, uh, to speak well, on... Hawkeye. who could have to been to had, to s- blind guy over in the corner. Well, that's the key, though, is let's let's make sure that we we point out that, while no Black Widow, also no Hawkeye. So, so is it just a thing against, you know, we're not doing girl toys or we're not doing non-superheroes people? Yeah.
2: Maybe it's because they wear black. Because I also didn't see any merch for Iron Patriot or anything
3: like that
0: either. Yeah, I haven't seen anything for Scarlet Witch or Quicksilver Scarlet, yeah, yet. Silver, no. um, so...
3: Could you know
1: so that, an anti mutant bias.
0: Uh, maybe Perhaps. maybe. Although really? Iron
1: Patriot is an African American
0: junk, isn't it?
3: God gotcha. so no, yeah. that's my better.
0: Yeah, let's not forget um let's not forget about um the Falcon, uh, as well Samuel as, as also Pops in there, and i Fury. Uh-huh. So we never saw any of those dolls in the, in yeah. the, in the commercial yeah, we, or anything we else. We may have tripped over a bigger story than we know.
2: Wah, 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 leave it to me to open a can.
0: <laughs> Comic Baltimore starts now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Where's the ladder? I'm going to burn some shit. <laughs> oh,
0: that'll smell good.
2: <laughs> it already smells good. <laughs> as
1: if we didn't already know that the primary, uh, primary, what, target... of uh, this kind of merchandise is little white boys um, they need to diversify that's what I'm saying Uh, uh, I'm not accusing anybody of anyone but all those cool figures they work so hard to link they should all be available in some form and they should all be
0: available at Toys R Us Cheap well, going back to um, going back to Lucas, though, uh, come on, man, yeah, leave what it alone. what uh, what character wasn't available as a toy? Um, you know, I mean, seriously, dude, if you had like two seconds worth of screen time in the original Star Wars, you had a toy. There was the little, even the little thing that uh, Chewbacca screamed at. Mm-hmm. There was that toy. Um, so maybe it's just that, uh, you know, after uh, seeing how Lucas would put everything in, everybody else is like, yeah, let's just lay big money on the ones that we think that we can get um, off the shelves. Because if it doesn't sell, then it's going to go off the big lots and we're selling it for a dollar and we're out money um i i'm just saying in the corporate world and once again these are corporate characters written by corporate companies that are all in this for big money they do not invest in things to not make money
3: yeah
0: and so it, it's not a matter of representation is is they don't believe you'll buy it if they believe you'll buy it they don't well, of care course they, 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 w- they they will put it out back
1: they're not going to say yeah i mean they will say as as someone has has credited uh, you know, what, whatever corporate person was quoted was saying, basically, we sell the merchandise, but we know there's a market.
0: Exactly.
2: Well, apparently, some manufacturers have overestimated how thick my mid-30s pockets are, <laughs> um, because for some reason, I was just, I can't sleep at night sometimes, so I just window shop online. I was looking for something adorable for she Princess of Power, which was a huge cartoon character. And line of action figures for girls when i was masters little masters of the universe right. Of the universe right he-man's twin sister adora um but there was like a funko pop little figurine which like for any character that's big right now like batman something like that they're like 10 to 15 bucks tops she-ra i don't know if they just didn't make a lot of them or what but the cheapest one i could find was 75 dollars and i was like uh excuse me
1: Maybe you're post-collectible at that point.
0: Yeah, you know, probably right. missed the, missed maybe the deal. Maybe that one turned out to be way more popular.
2: Yeah, maybe they underestimated or I'm just late to the train, but...
0: I think, maybe, I think they're doing them like mini babies where they do the runs and then they don't have them anymore and now you have to go pay stupid money to somebody who Paid money in the first place.
2: Nope, yeah. just took a screenshot of the final thing that I will never own, and I'll put the picture in my cubicle at the uh, day job. There you go. And pretend I own her because there's no way in hell I'm forking over 75 bucks for a Shira somewhat action figure that I'll never open.
1: Oh wait, wait, is it an action figure?
2: I don't know.
0: Funko oh, pop. pop. No,
2: well, I don't understand
1: that, but where, where does the line? Because action figure was a term created so boys would buy dolls. True. Yeah. true
0: I I had a large collection of action figures that
2: is how my cousin rationalized his behavior when we were little because he was a month older than me and for some reason because G.I. Joe and He-Man were action figures that gave him license to kick She-Ra's ass and uh, my Barbie and the Rockers hello rude that's all I'm saying action figures and dolls they're the same stinking thing can we just
0: all I know is mine had a kung fu grip
2: uh, have you played with a Barbie lately her hands are cupped ever so slightly for a reason. I'm married.
0: I'm not allowed to play with anybody named Barbie anymore.
2: No. Especially now if there's a possibility of coming for grip.
1: <laughs> I see what you did there. I'm sorry, but you did. <laughs> the, anyway. uh, It dawns on me, and you mentioned this in passing, but it dawns on me that uh, well, some people are uh, perhaps not rising yet to the occasion to sell merchandise to the full panoply of, of fandom. Uh, DC Direct, I think it is, has, is doing their, I'm not sure what they call them, Power Women or Supergirl or whatever, um, but they've got a whole line, a new line of mm-hmm. figures coming out celebrating
2: yeah, the ladies
1: of DC Comics.
2: Uh, the bombshells of DC, which is, um, if you're a fan of pin-up girls, pinup culture, or even 1940s period
3: pieces.
1: Well, that's yeah, that's the um, one thing,
2: but the, this other is a, main,
1: a, a mass market. Mm-hmm. Toy thing, and they're doing yeah. Wonder Woman and Supergirl and Batgirl and uh, yeah, and then a couple of, of characters who are distinctly
0: not uh, heroes like uh, Harley and Catwoman. Yeah, Katana is one of them. They're going to be doing. Right? Yeah, they're yeah. having Katana in there.
2: Yeah, there's Star Girl, um, Black Canary. Following some of that, I think, I think the we're on the different
0: path. Versions. Yeah, yeah. So I, I we're in two different paths. So. Uh, uh, oh. Yeah, we're talking about the um, The mass
1: market.
0: Yeah, the oh, the, the, gosh, the yeah. super. It's the superhero girls collection yes. or something like that. Where DC, I forget the, what they've actually called it. Um, they're going to have a series of comic books. These are designed for girls from six to twelve. Um, Those gonna, Yeah, figures. Yeah, they're going to have the comics and then they're going to have the figures and they're all going to be much more um, cartoonish. Um, yes, you therapy. know, to make them
3: girl-friendly. Well the
0: style. Yeah, very pictures. animated. So, yeah.
2: They're adorable. Mm-hmm. And my brain is on shuffle like a damn iPod. So well, that's, that's okay. We got, got fire you. Fire's cross. We got mm-hmm. you. Action, they're,
1: they're neither action figures. They're action dolls.
2: They're action dolls, damn it. Because we embrace how adorable we are, and we don't want to mess up our makeup.
1: I can remember being at DC in the 90s when uh, they still had a Kenner deal. What? Kenner toys. And mm-hmm. uh, the original Super Powers figures were... Kind uh, of and so we would as as one of the mainstream editors, we would sit I would sit with my fellows and we would get these pitches for here's a thought we had, and very often they were not just ridiculous but ugly <laughs> here are the here's the cosmic combat Justice League uh here we, we've given flash super powered roller skates why. Um. You know, we've given Superman jetpack fly. Um, but there was a, a, a group of toys uh, built around um, the, the superwomen of D.C. Um, and I don't recall what they were called, but, but and this is what Jeanette Kahn was our president and uh, publisher and uh, had done huge strides for comics and, and women and comic and publishing and women. And so here's Jeanette sitting in the middle of this pitch while they bring in Wonder Woman, Supergirl, and a handful of the other, at that time, known D.C. women. Mm-hmm. And where Wonder Woman is red normally, she was pink. Where Supergirl is red normally, she was pink. Uh,
2: that drove me nuts. When I was little... they,
1: they never reached market in this case. But uh. cause Jeanette took one look at this and said... What is this, 1965?
2: I want to know why the hell every girl product out there has to be pink. For the longest time, I would not buy anything if it was pink just because I felt like it was being forced down my throat like some nasty Pepto-Bismore children's Tylenol. Uh, yeah, now think, I'm okay. I like pink, but.
0: I think that's kind of the point of why they didn't do that this time. Um, you know, what they're doing this time is is very much still stays true. Their girls aren't pink. Mm-hmm. Um they're the it's they're gonna,
1: not overly cutesy.
0: They're not overly cutesy, they're not overly sexualized. They're they're gonna be um the, the stories are from when the girls are in their teens, um early mm-hmm. teens, first that's discovering right. their powers, um, first discovering what you know, going through the same kind of struggles. And and I think that's a great thing for little girls to yeah. to have to be able to pick up a book, to have dolls that don't look like, you know,
1: they're not giant
0: heads. And giant, know, you're right. Different right, design. don't look like they're going out for you for look a little night little of
1: like Titans. Go might have been the, one of the inspirations for the look. And
0: yeah, I think they even you know, they, but they don't look nearly as uh, nearly as uh, anime or manga as no. as, as that. Um, so they look much more you know, kind of traditional cartoon style of, of you know when I was growing up. You know, um, so I, I think they look really cool. Um, and I think it's a great thing to kind of get little girls into it. You know, they want to sell the Black Widow merchandise. You want to see um, a Scarlet Witch figure. Then you know, when little girls are picking these things up and little girls wanting these things, mm-hmm. the market has changed, mm-hmm. you will start seeing those. And and as know. for pink,
1: I, little girls who are too young to understand irony um, do seem to, to to attract. My my youngest certainly did.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's not something that was encouraged, but I think it's something that is so enculturated. Yeah. yeah. That the expectation is, and there's so much, you can't go through no. you know, a, a big department store without seeing sweatshirts and t shirts and toys mm-hmm. and all of this stuff.
3: And yeah. I, I, I blame the comments.
2: It's cute though, because there's um, an article that I saw in the news of a little girl. Um, she's an African American girl. She actually created her own character. Um, she's from Jacksonville, Florida, a girl called Moxie Girl, M-O-X-I-E Girl. She's super adorable, um, but because you know her daughter wasn't seeing other African-American girls with her natural hair or anything mm. like that, so she felt like there was something wrong because she wore her hair natural, um, she and her mom kind of partnered together to create this little girl's comic book, that is just totally adorable.
1: Yeah, it
2: is. It is. It is. She is so stinking cute. I just want to squeeze her. So, a kid on the news, and uh, I don't even know how old, six years old, maybe? Yeah, she was like six or seven. And then, um, you know, some. better spoken
1: than many politicians on television.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, that's
0: not really saying a
1: whole lot. No, time. you're right. She, had, yeah. she was on message. She was articulate. Mm-hmm. And she had literally, between mom and she, or maybe just on her own, mm-hmm. she was articulating a genuine need and, yeah. uh, and was responding. And, and Moxie
3: She's, so she's incredibly adorable
0: yeah. well there there is a um there is a big push right now um you know we talked a little bit about um on our last show where you know people are changing up traditional characters changing gender you know um mm-hmm. orientation um right now um oni press is uh, got an opening um they've got open calls for creators um books in, in case you don't know everybody getting into a um, publisher is not the easiest thing in the world especially as a writer um, writers have an extremely hard time getting in because usually they want something either from a creative team or um, something illustrated of your work. So um, for there to be an actual opening from a company and saying, you know, we're accepting everything from everybody is pretty, uh, pretty interesting for most writers. And so ONI's opened up. And um, if you go look at what they're looking for in their submission guidelines, um, it is certainly um, they are certainly targeting um, very specific things. Um, they are looking specifically for stories of you know people of color or um, different uh, you know uh, if you have a uh, a gay character or you know something of that nature. They're very into that, which. Almost to the point of it was so adamantly stre- uh, stressed. I, I felt uh, I felt a little bit like, wow, I am certainly not in the right shop for this because I, you know, I mean, as a writer, sure, you can write anything and everything. It's, it's not my stories that I tell, and, and they even specifically called that vampire. And as a as a vampire writer, I'm like, I am. I just don't know if I can make my character a gay enough glitter ball. Vampire to really oh get God. get the well, attract of this one. You know? Yeah, you no. know your
2: vampire sparkle. It is
0: over Yeah, we we're definitely not doing that, but you know that not, that's not a person of course that a gay vampire would spark yeah Well, you know, why not? Um, because I would make yeah. a glitter ball uh, A gay vampire if, <clears throat> would just put balls. on that
2: tiara and let those bitches know they're
0: here. Well, it's not like Lestat and Luis We weren't exactly getting their thing on um, right. so it's just interesting though. And speaking to watch, there are a lot of, a lot of people that are really looking for that diversity piece. They're really looking for those, those characters coming from that. Um, you That's know, a good thing. I think it's a fantastic thing.
1: And Oney has always been remarkably progressive. Yeah. I don't just mean in terms of, of content or subject matter, but creators rights, um, diversity of subject. Um, you know, they published some of the first, uh, what slice of life dramas, mm-hmm. uh, true life story kind of biographical material Um, and they've always supported uh, creators of all types writers artists
0: yeah
2: that's cool because you know when things are more inclusive I think people are more likely to actually make an effort to create instead of just assuming oh nobody would buy this it's just my thing there's no market for it
1: I think you can misread the, the, the casting call as here are things you must put into the material I think really from my reading, it's here are things we are more than happy to consider. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, we are we're we're not looking necessarily for the next gay vampire story, but if you have one. We will consider it. no no
0: vampire they've specifically no vampire oh well vampires yeah. are a little play um they're what? just yeah, locking they the, the doors
2: true, too much true blood and they're like just anti fanger
0: right now yeah well if you uh, was
1: anti yeah if you it, the media has there's a lot of
0: a, there's a lot I mean you know there's a lot of stories there's you know even even I wouldn't be trying to push mine so much because it's just there's a lot of it you out know, there
1: back 20 years ago when I was writing Crimson you know Buffy the Vampire Star so wasn't even on TV I'm right like, mm-hmm. Yes, that was a very thinly veiled claim to originality. uh,
2: It's all good. you Own it, baby. Um, I just want to say thank you, Brian.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. For identifying that it was thinly veiled or for putting it out there?
2: Uh, For putting it out there. Thank you.
3: And by it, I don't know.
1: Thank you for thanking me.
0: (laughs) So, speaking of... uh, you know, push to creator. Let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Ah, I think I know where we're going.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, there's been some, um, there's been some, um, noise out there about, um, um, DC and how they're treating creators and how they're, um, establishing creation rights. Um, and what is a derivative, um, you know, saying that, um, now at this point they're saying certain characters have no creator.
1: well, okay. I mean, I'll address it from a fact basis first. There you go. There there are no move, movements one way or the other um about you know, I mean there may well be movements in the very near future to to expand creators' rights. Uh but at the moment there there's no new policy. Uh what happened, uh, Jerry Conway, a longtime writer, comics writer, um he he became he became one of the youngest comic book writers of of uh of all time, along with Jim Shooter, back in the late '70s, by getting his first scripting work for Marvel back in like the very—he uh, might have been 16 or 17. Shooter was about 15 when he started writing for Superman. Um, so these guys were young creators on the first wave of fan-turned creators. Uh, what well, previously, 30 years, it was professional cartoonists and you know retired radio writers or whatever it was. Um, so Jerry did an awful lot for Marvel he was an editor-in-chief at some point he wrote a long run on Spider-Man that includes a lot of the uh, sort of post uh, Lee Ditko era breakthrough stuff, the eight-armed Spider-Man I think was Jerry and a whole bunch of other um, pretty, pretty famous stuff and then in the 80s, late 80s, middle 80s he came to DC and I think he created Firestorm among other things This would be, I think, pre-85, so maybe 83, somewhere in there. So Firestorm has been featured, as have been several other characters that Jerry created for Firestorm, on the new Flash TV show. And what he discovered upon inquiry was that those characters have no creator of record. They are simply properties owned by DC, Time Warner, whatever they designate themselves as nowadays. Um and you know after some recent uh, battles victories for creators and losses for creators over the last handful of years corporate ownership has become more has become stronger has become more shall we say faceless and corporate um
2: on world domination I don't
1: think so no Okay I don't I think they'll take that <laughs> if they could license it oh, okay. but or turn it into a show.
2: My
3: bad.
1: But uh, no, I think uh, frankly the, the scarier aspect is that most of this is not emotional. I mean on record there are, are no specific creators because especially at that time and place in the world mm-hmm. the big corporate co- uh, publishers didn't give that kind of credit.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean Jack Kirby, one of the most prolific creators of all time had to fight until mm-hmm. just last
0: year Finally get recognition beyond Well, his family did. He's been dead for years.
1: Well, he yes. Not to say Sad. that he ever did that he ever did horribly, but the family has has fought for twenty five years while Jack was still alive and beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the family finally, as a result of the popularity and the focus on the Avengers and all the characters that he created, and certainly again among the most prolific and deserving. Also one of the least assuming, least demanding, and most creative. You know most productively creative um artist in the business um probably no one deserves it he deserved 10 times what he got but prior to that there were losses um you know last year i think or the year before we hear stories of of the artist who uh or rather the writer who created um What's his name? Hellblazer? Not Hellblazer. Hellboy? Hell, no, the motorcycle. Marvel's motorcycle.
2: Oh, um...
1: Skullhead, whatever his name is. The Punisher. No. Ghost Rider?
2: Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider,
1: thank you. So Gary Frederick, the writer who created Ghost Rider, is at a con in New York or New Jersey and he's selling a poster that he had at his own expense created <coughs> uh, with his name on it and a picture of the Ghost Rider from back then with Gary Frederick, creator of. And he actually had a contract that said he was the creator from nineteen seventy six or whatever mm-hmm. and the disney lawyer swept in and said that's no one work. they that's confiscated his posters and they threatened him with a lawsuit
3: that's nasty
1: and so that was a loss for creators rights so
3: mm-hmm.
1: for 70 years if you're working for a big publisher back when the publisher didn't know to value its stuff and therefore valued no one who produced their stuff to the days when they started to recognize, hey, we're selling these to everybody, or there are cartoons, or there are TV shows. Um, the idea of who created it, um, was an abstract. It just wasn't on the table. Mm-hmm. Stan Lee's one of the first guys to give creator credits. And of course, now he's the villain. Yeah. To a lot of, to a lot of these cases, certainly the Kirby family and a lot more. Um, he's, the, he's the guy on the corporate side. But prior to that, we didn't even know who was writing and drawing these stories. We knew we liked that Superman artist mm-hmm. or that guy, but we didn't necessarily know who that was. Mm-hmm. Credits weren't given. Certainly creator credits weren't given. So we, we fast forward to, well, the era of Jeanette Kahn. I referenced her a little while ago. Uh, a guy named Paul Levitz, who recently retired from D.C., was her assistant. He went on to be vice president and later took her position as president and publisher. While they were in charge through the 70s, 80s, and 90s, creator's rights uh, became a thing built in. Unfortunately, a little too late for Jerry, Colin. Um But there were certain things. You are guaranteed a piece of the pie forever, but you were acknowledged. And if you were covered under that work for hire contract, there was reward in some perpetuity. So, for example, the original Flash TV show produced in the early 90s, I was on staff at uh, at BC and I was the liaison to the Hollywood company. So I know for a fact that when that show first came up, Carmen Funtino, the artist who in 1955 had redesigned the Flash to look like the guy we all know now, Bob Kanegar, John Broome, the writers who wrote those earliest episodes, who were entitled to nothing by any contract, were given fairly healthy, respectful checks as a result. They also started at a time of period of paying people for reprinting your work without any agreements being in place. Now, well, we also used uh, Tina Magee, a Tina McGee character from the more recent Run of Flash, a character covered by those contracts, and so a check was written for the use of Tina to Mike Barron, the writer, and which guys the artist. So, these good things happened. In fact, I created a number of characters for DC, minor characters, who never went on to be TV stars, or, but did go on to be trading card or, or action figures.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I received a, a reasonable, certainly welcome checks for that. However, While Warner Brothers has owned D.C. for years, they have progressed through the process. They are now still owned by the same people, but it's much more of a corporate ownership, just like Disney owns Marvel. And those companies are not about acknowledging creation. So it's not that Jerry's characters are are being referred to as created by no one. There simply is no space in their records that say they're created by anyone. Right. Now, I don't mean this as a defense because I think the world should be a better place. And I think it changed from being at least somewhat of a decent place under Jeanette and Paul and, and the people who work with us. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nasty answer to say, sorry, you're not covered. Um, to a degree, um, I've heard people on the corporate side say, well, it's like the guy who works for Mopar makes an engine component. That's his job. Right. Well, but again, as Neil Adams points out in his uh, commentary uh, this weekend over that same subject, none of these freelancers were employees.
0: Well, and I, I think that's uh, important to understand, and what a lot of people probably uh, don't know about the, the comics industry is that, um, you know, your contract is what's called to work for hire, for the most part. Um, you know, um, for when I, I hire an artist to do Blood and Dust, right, so when I hire Roy, you know, I pay Roy, a set amount. out. This is, you know, the work that he does. And then, you know, but all ownership and rights to the character, the book, the story and everything reside with me because mm-hmm. they, it's, it's ours. Um, you know, can you share those things? Absolutely. You know, um, and you know, should you, yeah, one would hope. Um, but you know, that uh, technically is that normal? Yeah, it is a hundred percent. That is the way things are um i mean the stuff we all signed including
1: those things that may have given me a few nickels here and there were pretty clear i didn't own any of that and i knew it right most of us knew that doesn't make it right that that's all uh, the only thing we were being offered but it was a fact that we knew how that system worked not again not a defense
0: yeah but you know it, and it's not uh it's not um it's very similar to the um, recording industry. You know, if you look back at, um, at artists that, um, you know, recorded uh, back in the 60s and stuff, you'll see, you know, all these people are broke um, and, and far later on because that's that re- system really never changed. Um, you know, most people don't understand that when you record for a, a reporting uh, company that your songs are not yours. They are owned by, a, a, by the music publisher. Um, and when they are reused, um, they're they are paid to the publisher and, you know, the, the writer may or may not get
1: something. Very often the writing credit was to the owner of the company. Right. Simply to sew that up.
0: Exactly. So um, this is business as usual. You know, and, and for those that, that see it and go, this isn't right. And, you know, this, how could they do this? And it's not right. It, it's not, but it is normal. And these are the companies, you know, once again. that uh, I, My my rant gets a little bit on to whose fault is it? Um, The fault of those of us that keep purchasing it, you know, that, that we keep, you know, saying, you know what, I've, I've loved these characters for 30 more years. So these are where I'm at. And, and instead of looking, you know what? I bet there's some new people out there that would like to, uh, I should have a look at, you know, some different stories from people that aren't being put out by these, these companies is going back to earlier conversation. If the profit sheet says that this is worth it, we will make it. But if you don't make it profitable for us, we won't. Um, that's just how these things work. So,
1: well, I mean, it, it, it's so complex because it's not a business and it's not a system that ever got designed. It's it's not like someone said, here is how we will run this forever. And there's a lot of things that have evolved and changed, and a lot of things that have not. And there's no getting around it, as Disney will remind us, as as, uh, as Warners will remind you, as many other corporate entities will remind you. We put the majority of the money into that thing. Without us, you got nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but
2: without the creator, there was never a thing to invest in. So and at the crucial moment when the creator was
1: necessary and um, again this is not a defense this is this is how stupid things perpetuate at that moment when when uh, Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster created Superman in 1935 or 6 or whenever they first created it and started shopping it to newspaper syndicates and and uh, science fiction magazines etc 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 and no one was buying it at that time, no one was also producing any original comic book material. Mm-hmm. So, some guy at DC said, or what would become DC, said, We've got all these magazines where we reprint, cheaply reprint newspaper strips, comic strips, and we're running out of original material. Maybe we should start producing our own. And so they walked in the door at the right moment. You know, it's a whole hello leveling moment where mm-hmm. what they needed walked in the door at exactly the right moment, and they The guys who were running the publishing or the printing companies who became publishers had no value for the product, had no value or any reason to value a couple of of uh, cartoonists uh, in their young young twenties or in their late teens or whatever. Any of the guys who came afterwards, and none of those guys valued what they had simply because they were kind of work Mm -hmm. almost immediately post depression. They were just looking to. Printers are looking to stay busy, mm-hmm. creators were looking to get paid. Publishers are looking to fill voids. This wasn't a system that was created out of any artistic integrity.
0: Now the funny the the interesting thing when you look at that though is that there are still some really bad models out there that are very um you gotta be careful of, run by some very, you know, speculative people. Um <laughs> That people will still sign whatever it takes because they're so hungry. They want their break. Because they want their break and they want to see their work out there and they feel like, you know what, I'll give this one away because the next one. Um, and, you know, I, I see people. Um, I watched an interesting panel last year at the Phoenix Comic Con over, over law. And um, this guy who was talking about his property that he couldn't get back. Um, he was getting offers from Hong Kong film companies to make a Hong Kong film about his character and everything, but he couldn't get it back. And well, what do I do when they don't return my calls? You keep calling, you know, you, you, you've got nothing there, man. And so that's, that's really the thing is when you're looking at this thing that the, there is a lot of people out there that will, will go ahead and take it. And, and even some of the bigger companies, you know, when you look the, the you know, creator owned route is is tough, and you know, how much do you want to give up? Well, if you want to get published by certain companies, you're gonna give up a lot of it. And are you willing to do that, or are you going to say, you know what, I'm I'm gonna roll the dice and I'm gonna be able to hold on to this?
1: I'm pretty sure that there's not even money to be made in comics, purely comics. No. Even for Marvel and DC. If they didn't exist as properties, which is again why they're being valued as mm-hmm. essentially creatorless property. And I, and I will say also that of recent vintage, um, even under the corporate, you know, the monolithic eye of the corporation, um, more modern creation, um, Hellblazer on NBC, for instance, was produced through and by DC and Warner. And you know, in cooperation with Universal, I think. But uh, the guys who first put that character together were getting not much, but they got a nod, and I think they had a screen credit. Mm-hmm. So this is again, this is also not a universal issue, and I, I think Jerry contributed enormously to an era of comics in which I was growing up, um, in which a lot of, of my contemporaries uh, were were. We're sort of following he, he and Roy Thomas and Marv Wolfman and guys like that. Uh, he deserves much more and better than he's getting. Unfortunately, I don't know what the solution is. As I was saying, one of the reasons to go back and look at history is at what point would it have been fixed? Yeah. Those guys who bought Superman never thought to themselves, in 70 years, someone will make a $209 million motion picture and we're going to want some of that. They knew, sure, by the ni- mid-1940s, they knew they had a valuable product.
0: Well, and, and when you look at, um, at, at Disney in particular, um, if you look at copyright law, um, Disney pretty much makes copyright law. Um, there is a, there's a case study where they talk about every time that copyrights get extended, it's because when the copyright on Mickey Mouse is getting ready to expire. Uh, and part of the part of the reasoning that they can continue that is because they have to talk about it has to be an essential part of the brand. Well, Disney's very spread out, so they have so many different brands. How can you say that's so essential in Disney's brand until you notice that every opening of Disney movies now all have um, Mickey and Steamboat Willie in it. Because mm-hmm. the first appearance of Mickey Mouse is the first appearance of copyright. And it openings to every Disney now has Steamboat Willie in it because they're working on extending out copyright because it's getting ready to expire again. So of There's, anybody that knows how to manage their properties, the mouse knows how to manage their properties. And that is what they, they, they are. literally, literally grown up over 85 years. Yes, so absolutely. We are... A business first they know their brand they know their business and they know how to run it
1: well we all know what that system is we all work in it we we all at some point or another contributed about to the system by either buying the product or looking the other way while well, something we did mm-hmm. was borrowed um you know you've got your your book is something you own completely mm-hmm. i wouldn't presume to to guess what deal you would make if someone came to you um i'm assuming that in the modern age you know that your best path to success is going to be multi- some multimedia something right
3: mm-hmm.
1: um you know i'm lucky enough to own a few things that i created um which gives me to be the final word on that so when we can do that yay um but again the people who are writing the checks especially back in the day when jerry and I was talking about as I say, Neil Adams uh, echoed all of that, although his Philip was. But we knew they were the only game in town.
0: That's that's the other piece of it. Well, know.
1: now there's more game than ever, but if you put yourself out there, it's more than ever a risk
0: because
1: even the big two won't write you a check just to do it.
0: Uh, the big two aren't even an option. It, it actually cracked me up the other day. I actually saw they had submission policies. I'm like, for what? You know,
2: are not accepting anything,
0: right? For an artist, I, I you know, understand
1: they yeah. they do hire artists on a fairly regular basis. Yes, they do do that. Somebody asked me uh, yesterday at uh, Free Comic Book Day, "How do you get to be a writer?" And I said, "I'm not even sure how I got to be a writer. It was all there's there's a thousand different stories about how someone got there, and none of them are the same. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is,
0: without the big two stealing from us. There's nobody writing checks for it anymore. Yeah, it's it's a uh, you know this you know, Adam and I are kind of new into the business. You know we're kind of learning how all this works and you know we um. I knew I have a Well, thank you. I I do Hi, too. Adam, not <laughs> eh, yeah, He's he's you know he's with me. It's all good. I'll carry him along. Oh, <laughs>
3: that's cute. Yeah,
0: no, I, you know the the somebody asked us on um uh, or asked me uh, us on a, another podcast the other day that we were guests on and and what does it take. To to do things and and it's a team. Mm. Um, if you want to break in, your your best option is to have a team. And thankfully, I do have a very solid partner in in what we do. And um, but it, the the likelihood of you going and, and having well, there is no likelihood. Marvel and DC will never ever have a property or or do a story that's not 100 percent owned by them. That's one. Right. Um, They're no longer. There was a time.
1: Yeah. when they did creator owned or at least creator
0: cooperative. Right. Cooperated. They have like a sort of an off branch every once in a while they'll fire yeah, up. It, yeah. So I don't think they will. Yeah. Especially not now considering the final ownership uh, where it's laying.
1: Well, the, the, the only good news to be found, and I'll uh, lay that there, is that there is a mid-tier of publishers who at least have enough money to stay in business yeah. and to keep material happening. And a lot of them are having really good couple of years. So, boom, um, Mm -hmm. had a good number of movies come from their material. Dark Horse has, for many years, had success in other media. Um, IDW is doing very well. Um, And the image brand, although now very diverse and dispersed, um, continues to be taken seriously. So it's not like there are no options, but... In that there are few options left after a giant crater um, of, of sort of departure by the big corporate publishers means that, you know, people are fighting over fewer scraps.
0: But the big news is, is that the thing that if you're not paying attention, you may miss is Marvel is Disney. DC is Warner Brothers mm-hmm. Those are two movie studios Sony owns some of the rights to some of the Marvel properties they still have,
1: They have license, they,
0: they, don't, they don't own it Yeah, yeah. they have the licensing for some of it But um, uh, Oh shoot, I'm forgetting who it was Valiant um, Books, I want to say Bloodstorm or
1: Well there's a handful of Valiant
3: books That just announced
0: uh, Exactly, just announced because theatrical. If you are not Warner Brothers or Disney Um and you don't own all the comic properties and you are some of the, you know, hundred other movie production companies, you're looking for product. Um, when you're looking at what Netflix is doing with the Marvel product, what, um, uh, what um, AMC did with The Walking Dead, everybody right now is looking for non-Big and, two products. And I think that's
1: why, you know, Boom and IDW are doing really well. Right, right. Um, I'm trying to think, what was it? Uh, 2 Tugan? Something like that. until we yep. Washington was yep. a, yep. a boom product, as yep. were a, a number of other things. Um, and, and they've got a creator. Yep. They've got a creator deal that really take care of people. Because Steve Grant, the writer of that one, for instance, old friend, uh, did very well. Mm-hmm. There are. Uh, there are movie studios fortunately that are not those guys who still have lots of money.
0: Yeah, and everybody's looking right now. So I, I think that's the great thing. Even, you know, you mentioned some of the bigger ones, but there's even a little a little lower tier on there that, that is still getting good stuff out there. People like Action Lab and Danger Lab is a smaller publisher. Really well. Absolutely. Oni, um Altera. Mm-hmm. Um there are lots of um that are really very much geared towards the creator own. Um,
1: and a good number of those have, have been around for twenty five years. Exactly, uh, owning people like that uh mm. being taken seriously.
0: Yeah, and and of all the places to go right now, boy, I think you'll I think you'd get a deal faster out of out of being a publisher out of one of those than you'll ever get out of uh, being a writer or an artist yeah, for I for agree. DC. Yeah.
1: I agree. I mean, again, nothing against those, but they're also it's also not a laboratory right now where much experimentation is going on. The, the big companies. Um, you know, the movies certainly are driving you know, all of this, but it's also driving content. Um, and for all of the success of... uh used to be a joke in me in my earliest days at DC that everything, every comic we sold was incidental. Yeah. To how
0: many Underoos we sold. Nice. Now it's how many Underoos and movie tickets. Movie tickets, um, yeah. toy licensing. And that's, again, that's
1: it's kind of like the good lord uh, his self it, it brings good and it brings bad,
0: yeah, yeah, I remember the so, bust of the nineties, you know, you know uh, is 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 that because here's where everybody forgets, man, and if you and the the other part of we'll being ourselves is, to be
1: overpicked is what happened there.
0: yeah, yeah, well, there you know you, you know the the belief that it the it won't ever dry up, yeah it will
1: well, it will especially if you're celebrating nothing creative. Remember, it became the reason that it... Foil focus. covers well, and, Well, it was you all specul- speculation of one sort or another. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm not sure I'm still moving it around, but for a number of years, I was moving around unopened, like, card cases of foil Superman, Death of Superman cards. It's like, why do I still have these? I've never even looked at them. Yeah. And largely, large, I had them because they were given to me. Because you,
0: know, you can bring them over to Mike now?
3: No, I'm give them to
1: you if I still have them. sure. Cool. They're they They're worth, like... I mean, I think you actually have to pay people to take
0: them. Yeah, probably right. at this the point.
1: Value is probably but I won't pay you it. to take them, but I'll give you. You can pay me to take them. If oh, I fine. still find them,
0: I'll give right. them too. You can put them on my G-string. How about that? Hey.
2: Okay. Make yeah.
1: it rain.
0: little <laughs>
2: <That's
1: laughs> Superman.
0: He <lost> me. <laughs> <laughs> There was.
1: also to be generous, and then
3: he made it.
0: Well, we we got what <laughs> right. well, we were like 51 minutes into it before we made it awkward. So I felt like this is like the longest stretch we've ever made it without you making it weird. We have
2: done well today.
1: Sir. Yes, yeah. Padawan.
2: Yeah.
1: I feel weird that we haven't That's made it weird. you right turn, Padawan? Not really.
2: Well, I think I kind of made it weird early <laughs> really. on and
1: then you guys, God, like, I didn't get it, it right. Well. Yeah. I would have just melted if I actually nailed the Star Wars reference. Oh, what's wrong
2: with
0: me? <laughs> it's okay. One of these days you'll be cool. That's all right.
1: You're cool in my eyes. I, I'm cool in my eyes. <laughs> that's what
2: matters. It's all about self-love. That's what the DC superhero girls are all
1: about.
0: <laughs> really? That's a whole oh, different message. That's matter. a different message yeah. entirely. Yeah, I was thinking that was going to be a whole different deal. Oh.
1: Okay. So, so uncomfortable again. So we're making up for Awesome sauce. There we awesome go. Awesome sauce. That's good. That's Welcome good. back to the gutter. Let me give a final, just a final word on this whole idea. Yeah. I mean, does the industry need to be revolutionized? It sure does. And are the creators... The most important uh, factor, how could it exist without creators? How could we exist without I mean yes, for all of the corporate chilling that has been done over over what is now 70 years of Superman and Batman and, and Captain America and all of those other characters, we wouldn't have all of the advances. We wouldn't have any of this stuff if that stuff hadn't caught. right What if what if the companies decided back then, and, and again, I'm not advocating this as a solution, I'm saying, what is the solution? What if somebody said, you know, that the, the, those kids uh, with the guy with the cape—they want too much money. Forget it. Mm-hmm. Have uh, Joe in the art department create our own version. And enough of that one, on anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole Hollywood. Thanks very much for your time. But we've already got something almost exactly like that in development. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure ripping off is going on. I just, at this point, I wonder what could what could be done to revolutionize. Should creators be valued more? Yes. Well. The good news is smaller, mid-tier, lower-tier uh, products are being valued by, by producers, by manufacturers. Um, and I think it's pretty clear that with, given all the movies that have already been announced from DC and Marvel,
0: that well may, well, it may just get tapped out. Do you, do you know who they need to be valuing, though? You need to revalue me, of course. Well, the the who I'm really fine. needs to value are are the fans.
1: You're right, You're right. because ultimately, if you don't support it,
0: that's that's it. They're man. making
1: not a dime off of it.
0: And that that's it. you know, it's 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 rough out there. you know, it, it is rough out there trying to get somebody in a in a Superman t-shirt and an Avengers hat um, and a, and a Batman wallet. To look at somebody that doesn't have one of those things on their table that doesn't say, I'm gonna give you the same thing or, or, yeah, or so here's something just something you know inside and out. Right. To get people to go, I've never seen anything that is in your in your table and I see this for every independent person that I see at every con. For for someone to take the time to actually take a look at it and see could this fit into somewhere. You know, that I, I make fun of hipsters all the time, but right now I need comic hipsters like there's no tomorrow. Well, yeah,
1: I, yeah, let's I, have them invented. <laughs> what we need to call for, then, I guess, is Occupy the Comic Shop. Let's, uh, occupy Comics. It's never, it's never been more in the hands of the fan. Because without the fan, those movie tickets don't sell. Those comic book tie-ins don't sell. That... Those non-existent Black Widow
0: toys don't sell. If you're going to buy, if you're going to buy, buy But just for goodness sakes, go to your your rack and find one thing that is new. Find one thing. Try to support the whole industry. Exactly. Just find one item that's something different to go. You know what? I was reading that before everybody else, and it's badass.
2: And you know what? That's what makes me feel guilty because I talked about last time we chatted that I almost bought a case of Dr. Pepper just because it had the freaking Avengers on it. And I'm like, damn it, I am part of the problem. But no, because
0: I'm 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 a, a to fan too. I know. But I'm an independent creator, man, and I still do it. I went to Ultron yesterday and, and ate up every second. I had oh a God, stupid smile on my face for for two hours, man. Um, dude, you don't have to. You don't have to hate You're on it. You don't have up. to. You don't
1: have to. You don't. But just be again wide open. Just open Can yourself me, up. Uh,
2: do a better job at? You know, just displaying who the creator is on some of these rights, so I could send a random check for a buck or two or a thank you card, that'd be awesome.
0: It's not like it's a secret. I I'll think that's you, kind of the I'll key.
1: I'll tell you uh, that, that there's a thing called Patreon. Have you heard of this? Yep. That's a way to send
3: people creator's yep. money. Yep. What is it?
1: It's patreon.com. It's a uh, literally a patron of the arts. It allows you it's essentially a crowdfunding type thing, but it isn't specific to product. Oh, okay. It is Someone gets a patron, I could have one, you could have one, Mike could have one. Um, and then you say, have people go there? Now they may say, I will give you $15 every month.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Or I will give you $200 towards a specific project.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Every time you put out a piece of art, you get paid. Someone, you yeah. get paid. Right.
1: Or if you, somebody may say, 10 of us are going to come up with enough money to pay your rent every month.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And all you have to do is, is keep us posted. Yeah. So that is a way to support uh creators. Mm-hmm. Creator specific. Cool. So that's uh P A T R I O N dot com I think.
0: Uh P A T E O N E O N I'm sorry. Yeah, I was told fun. there would be no know, math or spelling. Yeah, well Yeah well we
2: It's
0: the first time your wife I've uh, heard Nadine speak up during the entire time we podcast. She's like no e-e I'm sitting here going
2: <laughs> well, um well, as I I'm just gonna say we dope at every opportunity
0: to correct you. And well, that's at just every how we
2: represent <laughs> that
1: need.
0: You do, to be corrected. you do.
1: Absolutely. I'm a dope, I know it.
0: Yeah, there's, there's cool stuff on Patreon um, Eric Escobar has uh, something out there on Patreon where he you know, he's, he's, um, does lots of stuff Sonic the Hedgehog he does crazy stuff
1: oh Eric I, I do not advocate supporting Eric but everyone else
0: well you know uh, yeah. no, he, he does need it stuff where he known for a long time. he shares right. uh, inside tips uh, he shares scripts and things for aspiring writers um, so you subscribe oh, to his cool. Patreon he kind of gives you inside tips on how he's trying to break into the industry and is breaking into the industry and he's yes. Does tons progress, of stuff. Yeah,
1: as, as do many. Or they simply link out to uh, uh, an art page or a mm-hmm. website or where cool. you can track the progress. Yeah. This is a great idea.
2: That makes me happy because I remember listening to a few podcasts like just this time last year around the holidays where there were some creators out there. I can't even remember what series or characters were created, but the guy was damn near homeless and he had created this thing There's lots that. To that generated multi-millions of dollars That's worth of, of, of revenue. And yeah. it made me stop and think. I'm like, okay, so are these creators not getting paid because there's no guarantee that this thing...
0: Because they got paid work for
1: hire.
2: ...take off?
1: Well, I mean, that, that doesn't but, sound yeah. unlike the guy from Ghost Rider. Yeah. I don't think he was homeless, but he was at 70-something. He, right. Yeah. He didn't any particular resources, and, you know, he spent... I don't know, a grand to print up all these posts, full color posters. Yeah. Those were taken away from him, as was the money, and he was threatened with, uh, with penalties. Mm-hmm. Now, Counterbook Book Legal Defense came to his, uh, his aid and they raised the GoFundMe and stuff for him mm-hmm. to help him survive, but that's only going to happen in the public cases. It's so tragic. Patreon is a good way, but again, anybody who has, for instance, a Kickstarter
2: mm-hmm.
3: or an
1: uh, Indiegogo or a GoFundMe or any of these tech uh, things to launch a product, support the product. Yeah. support the creator how did yours go did you have you wrapped?
0: um no i still have uh, 10 days to go we are not really looking on track um so and you're with kickstarter right yeah we're on kickstarter um you can look for blood and dust um it'll be with uh, adam orndorff um we are uh, we haven't, haven't quite hit two grand yet we're hitting trying to hit for five and we have five 10 days left Five is our ask. If we do not hit that five, we do not get anything. That's so, what so, Kickstarter,
1: you get nothing. Right. You're fully funded.
2: Right. We need to uh, perhaps take advantage of these May the 4th be with you type photos that you're talking about. And I don't know. Pimp yourself out, Mike.
0: Right? I'm not sure How anybody's going to pay any. I have no pride whatsoever. A, I've been walking the Kickstarter, stage Kickstarter. blood Kickstarter. and
2: Kickstarter. So Brian doesn't have to see Mike in his garb and that potentially. I don't
1: have to see that anyway. Oh, could, you, you got to come over here to record. I could, for instance, gouge my eyes out. Um, so. But please support Mike's Kickstarter. Support <laughs> Kickstarters. Support uh, any of the of that crowdfunding because without a crowd, it's not gonna yeah. get funded.
0: Interesting notes, man. That's that uh, you know Adam and I once again we were new to the business and and we're like well these guys got a publishing deal why are they on Kickstarter. His publishing deals pay for the printing and the distribution of the book. Who's, uh, who do you have a publishing deal? We don't. Oh, um, other but, people. But we see other people that we know do. And we're like, well, why are they on here? Why are they having to do that? And it's because if, you, if you're if you like us and we have to pay artists and things because we don't draw our book. Oh,
1: but even beyond that, I mean, you, get, you can get a deal with Image, for instance, to publish your book. Right. And they'll pay to publish and print it or right. even to market it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to pay you until the back end for the work. Oh, you they do, are writer, writer artist, yes. letterer, colorist.
0: They so have those, to recoup their loss. loss yep. So
1: the bottom line is...
0: And if you don't have a sell-through, you got to pay them back.
1: And and the <laughs> bottom line is that if the future, if the answer to the future of our business is keeping these cheap little paper pamphlets around and uh, spreading the word out into multimedia, the only way to keep that alive is to keep the creators alive. So it speaks for the fact that that should be a big push for all of us. Mm -hmm. certainly, uh, since we have an elephant in the room. Yeah. So blood and dust, support that, support Mike. Um, I've pimped myself just about to my extent, but I'll keep doing it.
0: Yeah, well, well, I think on that note, we'll kind of just kind of start to wrap it up. So, yeah, just to kind of bring it back, nightshadecomics.com, facebook.com forward slash nightshadecomics blood and dust on Kickstarter. Go find us support us. Check it out. We've got incredible cool stuff up.
1: I hope everybody had a great free comic book day.
0: Oh yeah. Free comic book day was because, uh,
1: again. It's almost never about the free comic books. It's about the creators and the fans and everybody having a great time. And we were in Mesa and Mesa blew the doors off. They cool. turned it into a town wide event, libraries, city buildings, all the retailers, Gotham city comics, my buddies, um, organized it, Miguel Vega organized that town uh, to near perfection, and it worked, and I'm guaranteeing next year Glendale and all these other towns with comic shops are going to be looking at the same kind of stuff. So.
0: It's crazy. They were saying, um, Jesse uh, from Jesse James Comics, who's one of the biggest comic retailers on the West Coast, um, he was saying that um, in three hours, they did more business than in 72 last year. Uh,
1: his what? first three hours were midnight through 3 a.m. Yeah, midnight a. M. to Friday 3 a.m.
0: And he had people lining up before then getting tickets before they even let him in. He also had some really cool Gotham bags that he was giving away at one of seven stores on the West Coast. So wow. That's
3: pretty
0: cool. It, it, it just crazy. And I remember when Free Comic Book Day started, and it was just to get people into comic stores to pick up a book.
1: And now it's become an event, and it's become one more way our culture leads the the main culture.
3: I'm
2: excited. Yeah? Yeah, Well, because Mesa, I mean, honestly, being a native Arizona girl, I would say that Mesa is nothing to write home about. Well, it
1: only looks good next to you know, AJ. Well, I grew up there too. junction.
2: <laughs> we won't tell anybody. Uh, but Really?
1: We're upwind of the crack smoke.
2: Hey! Uh, it's more like
0: meth. Yeah,
3: methamphetamine. Mace dope, right, okay? Yeah. Uh, but well, I, mesa, say crack,
2: I so. would never think that they could represent as big as you described, so I'm really excited to see
3: that I this is just the beginning.
1: I'm new out here, but I think that mesa has been growing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they
3: have a lot uh, of shops.
1: people are coming out of ASU. Yeah. Looking for a place They can live That's more affordable Than Tempe And they go To Mesa So there's Art walks That have been successful
0: For years
1: up there I keep
0: meaning To go to bike night They have a bike night On like the first Friday Friday. night out there To go out there And then they have The art uh, Second Sunday art Or something like that It's tons of stuff
1: I can say I know four people Who would go to bike night If you showed up And would be the fourth Nice
3: May May the fourth Be with you Nice
1: Uh. Nice So uh, There you go Free comic book day Once again Taking us on that journey towards world domination by comic book geeks everywhere,
3: mm-hmm.
1: of which we're proud to
3: be.
0: Yeah, and if uh, if uh, Ultron was any indicator, I mean, you look at the. The numbers, um, you know, because it released uh, across the world before it released here, which kind of sucked. Um, but
3: yeah, that was rude.
0: I know. I think they had to catch up and they had to make sure they tied in the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So uh-huh. they had to get Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. out first. But Because <laughs> um, they all tied it together. you know, We the,
1: the, the, the wagging the
0: dog. You know, yeah. but, um, you know, uh, almost $500 million. I think by the time this is going to end this weekend, they'll have made $500 million. So they
1: had a slightly better weekend than Jesse James.
0: They had a better weekend than anyone, anyone ever in the history of... Anything
2: I would I just like, like five minutes of their weekend, that'd be great. No It'd doubt, last me no doubt. Effort. Well,
0: they got my money. Well, so. by the time
1: we, we next convene. I'll try to see that movie.
2: Then we can actually talk and about we it, could, uh, Yeah, we can
0: yeah, actually. At our event. And then we can't, uh, then we won't be able to, uh, then we can actually talk about it and won't feel bad. Because, you know, first weekend you can't spoil. Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't. Yeah. And we do this bi-weekly, everybody, in case you haven't figured that out. So uh, mm-hmm.
2: Until we get more ambitious. Yeah. Oh, bye. Until we start bye. to feel more world domination. I just like having the word bye in anything that I do because it feels slightly dirty. So it's pretty
0: cool. It's like bi-weekly. You know, it, 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 it used bi-weekly. to feel bi. It used to but, feel dirty. Now it's just normal. So that's right. Uh, however, just, however, if
1: you have something for you know submission to Oni Press,
0: they would be all <laughs> about it right now. Keep that in mind. Right well, now.
1: Hmm. So good comic book weekend. Avengers conquering the world. Yes. Free comic book. Um. George uh, George Lucas pardoned a, a young Jedi. Yes. Kind of like going to the Pope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he comes away with uh, both the possibility of a girlfriend and the near surety that
0: he'll... Never okay. actually meet one. No, but, uh, because DC is helping him make sure he meets them because they're going to have little creator girls. So. There you go,
2: DC superhero girls.
0: There you go, and
2: then the independent one, Moxie Girl, and then the one that I confuse um, DC superhero girls with, which is the DC Bombshells, which bombshells. is the adult figurine line of girl.
1: adult figurines. You know, I think if anyone's going to rule the world in the near future, I, I think uh, Moxie Girl. And her creator. She's so stinking cute. Deseret. She Deseret. does. Well, uh, with uh, this closing phrase, I will say once again, Occupy Comics. Oh show. Vote show. And uh, we'll see everybody in a couple weeks. Well, you won't even know it if you're hearing this the day before the next one drops.
2: That's, right. that's
1: how fast we work.
2: That's what's cool about podcasts, man. You can download this whenever.
0: Absolutely so. But we
1: are We are pod people for sure now.
0: Yes so Make sure you share it around Share it on Facebook um, Make sure you get us on iTunes Or on uh, Podbean Network as well uh, We're getting ready to uh, go get on A bunch of other places We are So lots of things coming up So uh, make sure you share us around Everybody have a listen And uh, more, the more you share The more listeners we get The more listeners we get Thanks Mike Better Thanks for Amanda hey,
3: thanks, thanks everybody,
0: everybody. Alright everybody So once again for the VAMCAST We are Brian
3: Augustus.
0: I'm Michael. And Mike Martin. So thanks so much for listening, everybody. Have a great two weeks, and we'll see you. Bye.
3: Bye.